0: Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in for Two for None. Uh, Chris and I recorded this episode live for the first time, so there is a little bit of background noise and the occasional technical glitch in it um, because my computer's getting a little old. Uh, So, uh, outside of that, it's a cracker of an episode and enjoy the show. Here we go. To two for none. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here of course across the table for the very first time from Christopher T Barty. Barty
1: how are you sir? I'm very well Pat, So uh, good to be here with you mate. Uh, live in the flesh. In the flesh. Yeah. I can't believe it. We may as well get on get on with it
0: No, uh, do our favourite thing and talk some cricket. Yes! Before we get into the ashes again, we're just going to have a quick touch on the WBBL. Mm. Again, Chris, I'm I'm starting to think that this may be our most popular segment, that like the women's game itself, that people are coming to two for none, mainly to to drop in and and hear a bit more about this, rather than which was boring as all hell this week. Well, you know, look,
1: it's uh, somewhat surprising that uh, people don't like men talking about themselves. (laughs) news to me Pat. <laughs> I for one am very surprised. Sure. <laughs> sure. <You> know, the <laughs> is bewildered but uh, no look they're prepared to ride this uh, ride this train. Uh, no but look that no, is uh, of course really important that we um, delve into the women's game because it is such an important part of the cricketing landscape and uh, I'm looking forward to uh,
0: having a dig. Having a dig indeed. I made a pretty big week this week, Um, good game yesterday, sad. Were you at Lilac Hill? Did you have a, a nice ice cream in hand? Did you make it down? No, I slept in. Classic. <laughs> Given the opportunity, there were fans of the pod there, putting deposits the on ice creams all across Lilac Hill, yeah. just searching for you, but I would able to find it. Devastating uh, news.
1: Look, at the uh, Christmas shutdown, Pat. Christmas uh, shutdown. No, Christmas shutdown. I do have plans, uh, concrete plans to get down there. Uh, next weekend, I think the seventh, the, uh, the scorches back in action down Lilac Hill. So I will
0: make the effort this week. And look, it was a really big game. The Scorchers took the sixes and are now mm. equal top. And I think they're on top due to points um, on the on the on the ladder at the moment, which is an awesome performance. Elise Villani uh, was an absolute gun. I think she's averaging eighty with the bat, opening the batting for the scorches. That's pretty awesome to see. Also also interesting to look at imports, Chris. Mm. Um Perth has a, a certain affinity. The Scorchers have an affinity for English players. And right. I, I believe our English players are doing pretty well. So that was good to see got over the top of Elise Perry's Elise's in the uh, in the in the leaders of the women's team. Yeah. Just pointing that out.
1: Yeah. Look it's uh it's a it's a key indicator um, of the women's game. Amanda <laughs>
0: Uh, You do well. You're going well. I think it's like if you name your child Mitchell, uh, they tend to get into the Australian team. Yeah, and bowl fast. And bowl fast. Uh, Well, relatively at least. Uh, Yeah, so that was pretty exciting to see, Chris. Nice to see the Scorchers having a win, kicking some buns. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, no, it looked really good. And um, I'm sad I missed it in the end because it was an absolute cracker of a game. And, um, you know, fantastic effort uh, uh, there from the Scorchers to chase down a total of 138 um, from the league leaders, the Sydney Sixers. Um, as you pointed out, that uh, you know Australian batsman uh, or, or bats person, uh, at least for a long, fantastic job, um, you know, with a, a, a very fast pace, 63 or 43 to open the, the uh, open the chase there. You now 4s and a six. Goodness. Um, but uh, a, a man of the uh, a player of the match performance, I should say, from Cole Bolton, um, who uh, chipped in with a very handy. Uh, 42 and uh, took a couple of
0: wickets in the uh, sixes innings as well. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. We're always very pleased to see that. And I also wanted to give an honourable mention this round to Beth Mooney, um, who's a Queenslander. Uh, she's 23, 22, 23, yep, I think. 23, yeah. Um, and she's opening the batting for the Brisbane Heat and is currently averaging 67 mm. with the bat. Mm. Which is huge. The next bat, batter in for next best job for them is their all rounder, who's averaging in the thirties. So she's pretty much single handedly sort of holding up that batting lineup, um, and they're sitting in sort of mid table at the moment. I think she's got a lot to do with that, Chris. We love seeing, yeah. you know, a youngin bat in hand doing well. Well, you know,
1: um, you know, uh, left handed wicketkeeper uh, bats uh, people uh, tend to do pretty well in Australia, of course. True. It's a good season for, uh, for Beth Mooney, I I, I think, um, you know. Um, test debut, of course, in uh, in Sydney against England. Really bright start to her uh, international career. Um, averaging 35 with the bat here in the One Day Internationals, mm. um, and uh, even more impressively as you went out Pat in in the T20 Internationals. Uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see a few more of those come up for the. Uh, the Australian women's side, uh, she's averaging 54. Whoa. Which is ridiculous. Uh, a <laughs> strike rate 122. That's
0: too many runs. There's a lot of runs. Share here. some around, Beth. Right. <laughs> yeah, just pass some around. In fact, if she wanted to pass a few to me down at the 6th Grade Summer Hill Cricket Club, uh, I'm currently averaging 2 this year, so right. <laughs> I could really do with the... Beth, if you've got any freebies to pass about... Looks like all those
1: net sessions we did are really paying off, okay? <laughs>
0: We always knew they would, Chris. Yeah, we sure. always, we right. always knew, sure, that it was always going to work out for us somewhere. Um, so, Chris, give us a quick overview of the table format. How's it looking?
1: As per our last podcast, both the Sydney teams are extraordinarily well. I think uh, the Sydney Thunder had two wins uh, over the weekend and are, in fact, topping the table. Six play, five wins, one loss. Uh and uh, not far behind them um, are the Sixers and the Scorches each with four wins apiece. Sydney Thunder, had, as I said, had a very productive uh, weekend uh, doing, uh, doing a job on the Hobart Hurricanes, um, who are having a bit of a tough time of it uh, at the moment, the old Hurricanes. Um, got killed to 97 on New Year's Eve um, and beaten by eight wickets on the, by the Thunder there. Um, Goodness. And didn't do much, much more. Uh, on the 30th, um, bowled out for 112 and, and beaten by seven wickets there with three overs to spare. Tough, tough, times, time. tough times for the Hurricanes, but good on uh, you know, the Thunder for cashing in. You can only beat uh, who's in front of you, um, Alex Blackwell, <laughs> well yeah it's true, I'm not wrong. Um, Alex Blackwell uh, again doing some terrific
0: work there for, um, for the Sydney Thunder. Uh, Blackwell also an acknowledged gun. Mm. Uh, that is proved by science. Uh, and Chris, people are might, may be wondering why we're not dealing with a men's game at the moment. I think we'll come to the men's BBL uh, mm. when we get to the finals of that. Because sometimes we are just dealing with too much. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we would never thought that would be a problem for us, being the absolute nuppies that we are. But everybody's going to have a limit.
1: Look, you've got to be a specialist, don't you? And, uh, you know, right now the Ashes is the big game in town. I will be interested to talk BBL uh, once uh, the... Coach the of the 2020 side has announced. There's a rumor floating around today that uh, Ricky Ponting will be leading Australia uh, to the T20 World Cup, which of course will be hosted in Australia very soon.
0: Goodness, Chris, what a rumor! Mm. Holy dooly! Mm. I mean, the punter is not a bad call. It's not a bad call. He's been in and around the Australian setup for a long period of time, both as a player, but also as a batting consultant yep. on a couple of tours here and there. Yeah. Um, the Booth has been looking to to share the load a bit mm-hmm. in recent times, mm-hmm. here and there. So that could be a good call. That could be a good call. is the buff to focus on what's really really at the top of his priority list: lamingtons, <laughs> curling Jake Lehman's moat oh. which I am led to believe oh. is a three person operation. Um, yeah. right. Look, well, I mean? You've got to have one person there to hold, one person to apply wax, one person to style. It's, uh, it's a big job. Big. Uh, We're recording this episode at the back of Chris's house in the glorious sunshine of Western Australia. Um, So if you do hear any miscellaneous noise in the background, the sounds of nature. Just shut up and enjoy it. (laughs) Speaking of shutting up and enjoy it, let's kick into the ashes, mate. The most recent test, the Boxing Day test in Melbourne, and what ended up being an absolute fizzer. Uh, in a lot of senses mm. um, great one Alistair Cook oh. um, terrible if you're a and trying to get to the cricket mm-hmm. and not too bad if you're Davey Warner or Stephen Smith uh, CTB give me some overview thoughts what would you make of the test as a whole mate
1: um, yeah look it's funny um, how things can evolve I mean even though it was a bit of a dead game in terms of obviously you know pitch didn't offer a lot of life and there's a lot of chat about that and the dropping wicket and all that sort of caper. It's still off. Um, a, a bit of a story and I think um, we saw a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, you know, in Australia's first dig, um, a lot of the wickets were a result of batsman error. Mm,
0: uh, that's a very kind way of putting it, mate. Uh,
1: and uh, you know, I mean, we saw you know Steve Smith you know made another fifty. Obviously, uh, David Warner opened up early and, and made a. A quick fire, 100 to start the game, so we were yeah, Australia was looking very good, mm. but um, failed to capitalise and um, uh, sort of undercut a lot of the hubris that was coming from the commentary box, uh, the Channel Nine commentary box about Australia, you know, setting another five, six hundred run target. So that was interesting in itself. I think you know it shows that we have still got a little way to go, even though we won the Test series three. Now. Um, Alistair Cook, of course, makes a, a dream return to form. Yeah, um, you know, and shows that he is still um, a quality batsman. Uh, who uh, can can play this great game and you know just just uh, butted for an immense period of time um, you know drove a lot you know he's not yeah. a, he's not a noted driver but he drove a lot and um, you know, and again,
0: it was a flat deck, but you can only play the conditions that are there. So That's it. You can only play what's in front of you, Chris. as a wise man once said That's on this right. very pod. Um, mate, I've got to, we've got to take a moment here to just quickly drop in on poor Tom Curran. Um, the young man yep. who, uh, yep. the commentary box, the ABC commentary said, uh, Chris Rogers was quoted to say that he heard, overheard Merv the Swerve or, or David Boone, one of those fellows say that he runs in like Jason Gillespie and bowls the pace of Tim May, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, pretty wow. hilarious. <laughs> uh, but he does have a great, he's got a great amount of style. That kid is what I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first wicket. Davey Warner on 99 after being the only person really to dominate that pitch so far bowls a ball in the ribs to Davy. Davey pops it up and it gets caught at mid-on for his first test wicket. Davey is just a red-hot mess. on his bat down, he's on his hands and knees, praising God, trying to find some salvation. Yeah. Steps off looking pretty upset with himself. Hold your horses there, sunshine. Just pump the brakes, because it turns out old T Curran had about a foot and a half over the line. Mm. Three foot over the line. An entire, you know, the entire nation of New Zealand could have yep. fitted in between his foot and where the line ended, Chris.
1: Oh God, I don't think you can know sell how far his foot was over <laughs> the line. Um, <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, unlucky. And then, of course, Davey comes back, does what he does.
0: Next ball. Natchez no, cool. around the corner. Hungey. Yep. I did feel really sorry for him, mate. I mean, it's bowler error. We were talking about scenarios before, but it was bowler error.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I love about the whole situation is that um, his reaction to um, you know the, the whole scenario was, uh, well, I missed out on getting Warner, so my next one better be Smith yeah Loan behold, a little bit of foresight there and uh, and uh, bowls Steve Smith uh, for 76
0: and look like that looks like the only way that looks like the only way you're getting Steve Smith out at the moment mm. I mean they that uh, to get a, a inside edge off a ball that didn't bounce as much as it yeah. should um, and that happened a lot on this wicket. It yeah. was kind of depressing in a way. Yeah. The only way the batsmen were really getting out was, was chopping on. Um, well,
1: every other, uh, every other short and wide one uh, this series, Boulder Steve Smith has gone to the fence. So, look, I think we, we can forgive him that one, perhaps. Totally. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it, it, was, it did, it did um, sort of start an interesting trend. I mean, you know, a lot of guys just kind of unnecessarily threw their wickets away. Um, yeah, you know, which you prompted some discussion uh, in the media about whether or not there were in fact a few demons in the pitch, but I think we found a pretty soon after that that it was without demon.
0: No, de- involved. Yeah. It was like uh, that Tom Hanks film, but only the first half. Uh, a bit of a comment there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Just if that angels. Meant. Just, just, just angels. It was a pitch full of angels. Good jokes, Pat. Biki um, sixty one, which was good to see. And it's worth pointing about the return to form of two key British players here. Mm -hmm. So we've touched on Alistair Cook, and we'll get to him in the next innings in a bit more detail. Mm. But it's important to mention that Stuart Broad finally free pulled his finger out. Four for 51 off 28. 1.82 Yeah. 1.82 economy rate. So he was the hardest bowler to get away, and he really, really did bounce back, Chris. And finally, like it showed what England can do this test. Mm-hmm. It showed where they can be Players stand up and mm-hmm. and figure out what they're doing and stop bowling pies mm-hmm. and watch the ball, respectively. Um, and I thought he bowled really impressively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, when it rains, it pours. You know, it's, peaks, it's a game of peaks and troughs. And uh, when you're on song, you know, the game's very easy and when you're not, it's really tough. So, um, I thought the other person that really well and got some reward finally was Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Um, you know, three for 61. Um, but the other notable thing too is their economy rate for both of them. True. Um, you know, Stuart Broad, economy rate of uh, 1.82. And uh, Jimmy Anderson, economy rate of 2.1. So, clearly, they were both really hard to get away on what is it, you know, has been described as a lifeless pitch, yeah, um, and that's probably the key on a lifeless pitch. Is, yeah, is just to keep it tight um, and force the batsman errors. Put themselves in a really, really good position to, to do some damage. Um, the other one guy who's
0: impressed me a lot was David Milan with the ball. Right, yeah. But it yeah, turns yeah, out yeah. David Milan's more than just a handy leg break. Like he bowls quite well, alarmingly well, actually.
1: Yeah, and I tell you, um, I tell you, what's going to be interesting—the spin bowling situation. For both teams, True. of course, with Ashton Agar being included in the uh, Sydney Test uh, squad, mm. um, the around the spin bowling situation will be whether or not we see Mo and Ali uh, England, in the England side in Sydney.
0: I saw in the uh, player ratings on, um, on the Cricket Australia website that it got given a 1, uh, which is pretty rough. But uh, when you look at the figures, none for 57 off 12. he's going for 4.75 and over. I mean, the Australians have really looked to attack him and attack him well. And he doesn't look like he's getting any purchase off the surface with the ball. Even Sean Marsh, like, hang on a second, I'm going to stop playing for spin here, because there is (laughs) (laughs) isn't (laughs) any. Big Mo, he's not turning it any Um, made a 61, Mitchell Marsh came out and looked like a bloke who was on 180, um, and not a bloke who was starting his innings again. Yeah. Tim Payne, mate, again, like we say it after every test, but he's proved to be a bloody inspired selection, Tim Payne. Yep. He's been great behind the stumps, mm-hmm. and he's been really handy. Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard rumours that Ricky Ponting has been helping him out with his pull shot. Um, Dan yeah great bunch of Tasmanians getting together just getting together talking about apples (laughs) pool shots (laughs) drinking James Bugs yeah (laughs) as uh, they do I I believe that's the full gamut sure Uh, it's either that and logging I believe led to believe is what's going on or not logging or not logging that's right Um, any Tasmanians who are listening to the pod who'd like to get us in in touch and let us know on what we're missing out on down there I'm Mona Um, play some pool shots go to an art gallery Uh, it could be a whole time could be a whole time. Uh, suffice to say, uh, we finished off with 327 CTP, which mm-hmm. I know you and I were, were talking, with, we were feeling probably was a little bit short yeah, in our I th- hearts.
1: I think it was about 150 runs short, really. Um, they probably, well, I mean, you know, we'll talk about England in a second, but I think 500 was probably about a pass score on that wicket.
0: Uh, yeah, and look, it's important to mention at this point, a lot's been made of the wicket in other media, uh, and we do have to say that it was a freaking road. It was a dead road. It was the road of the undead. Um, <laughs>
1: What's that called?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think AMC is making a whole new show of the well, next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dead road. Mm. Uh, it, was, it was a tough track, and, and it's really put into doubt um, the drop-in wickets around the country. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody, the, a ex-member of a board at the SCG, saying that um, uh, they would vote more in favour of no drop-in wickets than the plebiscite in favour of gay marriage. The Americans would be 75% would be saying no bloody drop-ins. So there yeah. you go.
1: Well, look, I think as a nation we're pretty unified on that, Yeah. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't like the drop-in wicket. Oh, look, I don't have a problem with drop-in wicket, just maybe, you know fiddle with the settings a little bit you know if you don't know what you're doing just you know like when you, you the first time you go into a studio and you sure. see like the master board yeah and you know you've got all the knobs and you don't know what to do no no you idea. just kind of adjust
0: them Just <laughs> you kind know. playing with a few knobs yeah I, I think when it comes to making a good cricket bitch it's exactly the same
1: do you know what though But it's like you know it's like when you when your dad you your dj and he just turns the volume knob, <laughs> and he just kind of turns his music up there and and goes look kids i'm a dj Right now, they're not even doing that. So, all I'm saying is, you, uh, don't shit on the concept of dropping wickets. Just play with the volume knob. Just for starters.
0: Maybe leave a little bit of grass coverage yeah, on there. Maybe yeah. just leave just an itsy wincy, tiny, whiny <laughs> bit of grass coverage. I don't know. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just, get yeah. the roller out. Well, don't get the well, Don't get the roller out. Yeah. So, Chris Rogers was saying on the commentary that in the UK now, they're letting you doctor the pitch to a certain extent Mm -hmm. to get spinners more into the game. So he was saying he was captaining a game and he got the boys out there with the rakes and they raked the couple of the batsmen uh, and to try and get some more purchase for the spinners and you reckon it's making it a whole different game out there all of a sudden spinners are starting to come into it and I mean that sounds pretty extreme to me Um, and of course no one's watching county cricket Um, so they're desperately trying to do stuff to make it a bit more exciting yeah uh, well what bothers me about that whole
1: scenario is They've been running Bunnings ads in the middle of the cricket for bloody years. Oh, look. Yeah, you yeah, have got to do it. That's a classic
0: example. <laughs>
1: Let's i on the right
0: hand. Oh, that's it. That's you know, it. Bunnings are paying thousands of dollars in advertising and nobody's buying a rake.
1: Maybe if Channel and the commentators didn't switch off in between ads, Well, you know, they might learn
0: something. <laughs> the like grass. where to buy a bloody rake, for instance. <laughs> Lowest prices are just the beginning, um led to believe. Um, all right. <laughs> just the beginning. Do the next know? bit is pitch doctoring. <laughs> Look. And then who knows? So, there's a four step plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody out there's got a. Break. You know what actually they could call? The ground staff from the Adelaide Oval. Just, just get, sure. them the yeah. get them on the horn. Get them on the horn, because that was a cracker of a pitch, and that's a drop in. Is it? it? You know, yeah, okay. it doesn't have to be. They don't have to be roads. Have a chat to the groundskeepers of the Adelaide Double. Well, you know who else they could ring? Who? Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> What's Elon got to do
1: with it? Because that's why the Adelaide pitch was so good. It's because Elon Musk, Well, he's out there doing bloody Sure. in Adelaide. Yeah, huh? He, they said, listen, Elon, we got this big test match coming up. We've got a bloody problem. <laughs> big problem. It's a bloody dropping wicket, mate.
0: Oh, what are we going to do? It's
1: so flat. We need you to charge it up, Elon. <laughs> and Elon says, Sorry, mate. Just let me get my Tesla batteries out. Hold oh, the fire. Grab me lithium. Yeah, a few. Well, those those, uh, those chargers, the lead chargers. Yep. They, they get to charge yeah, the, the jump car. Lead. Jumper leads. <laughs> they get to charge the car batteries. What Elon does is he gets the hooks out, hooks out a couple of uh, jumper leads. One to off start, one to leg start. <laughs> Boom! And says, "Hang on, boys. Just start the roller. Just start the roller."
0: <laughs> and all of a sudden the outlier pitch had a bit of life in it. And look, it explains the World Series cricket too. Kerry Packer, uh, Packer Whackers, yep. probably got the D-fib out there, plugged that straight in, boom, bam, bam, bam. Next thing you know, those pitches were fiery ass.
1: Well, Kerry Packer, uh, whatever that he used to keep him alive, you know what
0: I mean? He had a whole, had a whole suite. A whole suite. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Look, as ground staff from the MCG, if you're listening, there's a couple of ideas. Yep. A couple of handy tips for free. So you can take them. Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, first English innings. And CTB, we, we, we just got a look straight from the very top at Alastair Cook. 244 runs of 409 balls at a strike rate of 59.66. Now, if you're listening to this having not heard any other cricket news, you may say to yourself, well, that sounds completely attritional. That sounds like it went on for about a year. You'd be absolutely mm. right. And, and credit to Alastair Cook, he looks scratchy to begin with. Um, but he really pulled it together. He hit a lot of runs. He did amazingly well, Chris. It was a real highlight feature of the innings in the match. Really. Well, I
1: think you know, in a in a series that will probably be remembered as Smith's ashes, you know, this will probably be the innings of you know, which is yeah. which is pretty significant, um, given some of the batting feats that uh, we you know we've talked about, uh, Smith, Steve Smith, um, doing over the past couple of games. Um, I think there was uh, a stat on the radio that they were talking about where uh, Alistair Cook had been out on the park for every minute of the match. So, of course, fielded in the first innings, didn't come off, carried his bat, you know, started the top innings, carried his bat for the entire English and fielded in the Australian second innings. My God. Played every minute of the game,
0: which in cricket, in particularly in test matches, is pretty friggin' phenomenal. You know who never did that? Shobh nah. Akhtar. <laughs> show up and bowl three overs and then go and have a shower and sit down and, and then come back on and bowl three overs and go and have a shower and a sit down. That's true. It's like... But I'll, what are three overs? Why? Well, hey, look. I mean, absolutely. I'm going to call Alistair Cook the anti-showl. That's what I'm going to call him. Uh, no, I think and we need to take a moment here to say how incredible that was. He hit 27 fallers in that innings and he's a well-renowned cutter of the ball, Alistair Cook. He's very mm. good off his pads. He's good square of the wicket and he, he just played in the V. I mean... I wonder if you watched Mitch. M- I know he did because he was out there in the field a bit in that 180 that he made in Perth, mm-hmm. and thought to himself, holy dooley the V." There's something in this shenanigans, um, and he's hit really well through that whole region. I thought.
1: Yeah, look, um, I think probably the first time anyone has ever suggested Alastair Cook has taken batting tips from <laughs> Mitch Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> but that speaks volumes to you know the level that Mitch Marsh is playing at, at the moment. Good point. I mean, we'll touch on that later. Um, but uh, look, he, look he, he played really well, um, you know, and was really tempered. And, you know, um, one of the things about, um, Alistair Cook is once he's in, yeah, once he gets a whiff, you know, I mean, he's not the kind of guy that's going to blast you, you know, for six every ball, but he's not going to give it away either, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, uh, to be out there for 409 balls to, uh, uh, you know, to carry his bat because, you know. It was a big total, uh, 491. next highest score was Joe Root at 61. Um, So, you know, and then, of course, uh, he had had a very handy partnership at the end there with Stuart Broad. It
0: was really quite special, mate. And and to have a guy come in as an opener, carry his bat, make 244 across two days, is a really exceptional effort. And I think it's important we say at this point, too, to touch on Joe Root's inability to convert those 60s into 100s, champ. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got a problem. I think mean, he needs to go to rehab. Uh, I mean, he needs to go and see somebody. He's got
1: a case of the Watsons.
0: He's got a case of the Watsons. Yeah. He yeah. might even have a case of the Michael's. Dare I say it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well,
1: slats to get out in the nineties a few times, didn't he? Yeah. But you got to make it to the nineties. He's not even
0: making it to the nineties. Isn't yeah. even have a case of the slats. No. You're
1: right. It's definitely a case of the Watsons. Case of the Watsons. And look, if there's one thing you don't want, it's a
0: case of the Watsons.
1: No. It Unless comes with a nasty side effect of bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not many medication yeah, you can take for But a healthy T20 uh, career. Oh, afterwards. incredible T20 career. Absolutely. Mm, mm, he's playing really well for Sydney Thunder at the moment.
0: Uh, and Stuart Broad, down the end of the innings, I mean, wasn't, like, I, I can't say it any other way, but as an Australian supporter, wasn't that extremely frustrating to watch Stuart Broad swinging like a mug and hit oh. nothing but sixes?
1: He's, uh, he's Australia's Darth Vader, isn't he, Stuart Broad? <laughs> um... He's <laughs> very much Australia's stuff fader. He's Australia's top fader. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, he looked very patchy early on in the innings, right? He's luck and look, ended up making him 56 or 63 and, and probably taking the game away from Australia. Um, you know, I mean, England had, had obviously been um, really well established at that point, but um, that was a 100-run partnership, um, yeah. you know, and... Um, they don't make a hundred partnership. Um, Broad gets out early in his innings. In Australia only trails by fifty runs and can maxim- perhaps make a go of it. But um,
0: uh, it was a very important fifty six. I will say that. And my it has to be mentioned as well that Australian uh, bowling attack without Mitchell Stark is a very different beast. Yeah. We like Jackson Bird on the pod. We're big fans the J Bird, the mm-hmm. Big Bird. Mm-hmm. But to have a bloke on a flat deck. Who bowls 125 to 135 when there's no seam movement was a bit problematic. It felt like him, Hazelwood, and Mitch Marsh were all very similar bowlers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Hazelwood's been bowling so quick this season. He's been getting up. He got up right to a, excuse me, right right up to 145, 148 sometimes Mm -hmm. kilometres an hour, which was very impressive. But and poor Paddy Cummins was sick as a dog in that innings. Yep. He was having to come off and have a yak, um, which really wasn't ideal for our bowling socks. But I really wish we had somebody like the dwarf Jason Berendor, mm-hmm. or Joel Paris, mm-hmm. or um, James Pattinson. It mm-hmm. felt like having a guy of, of Jackson Bird's pace in the midst of that attack mm. didn't aid us in the way that we needed it to. Yeah, um, well, I mean...
1: and. It almost would have been a perfect game for someone like Nathan called Denial as well. Yeah, um, well, know, All those men are injured. All, they're all injured. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, look, I think, you know, the, the performance, the bowling performance innings for me really has to be Pat Cummins. I mean, you know, um, you know as you say, sick as a dog, but still managed to take 4 Yeah, which is massive. Um, and, uh, you know, let's just uh, also give a shout out to Nathan Lyons Fingers.
0: Yes. Because uh, they did a
1: fair bit of tweaking.
0: Far out. Uh, 49 Maidens, 3 for 109. And again, really tidy, 2.6. He's bowling super well. No point. Mm. And he was not given any assistance of that surface. It was low. It was slow. It wasn't spinning. It wasn't bouncing. It was really tough work. Uh, Mitchell Marsh, I thought bowled pretty okay as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Created some chances um again i mean he's he's not um he's not super express is he but he you know gets a bit of movement each way so
0: did um it was unfortunate to have alistair cook dropped yeah on 66 that was a bit of a bummer yeah i okay, came yeah. back to hurt us
1: yeah looking and, and that's very again uncharacteristic for steve smith to, to uh have a couple of drops isn't it? He? because he's normally such a uh, prolific fielder but, um, safe
0: pair of hands also worth pointing out, Smith bowled one over, none for 11, uh, and bowled some tasty, tasty pies <laughs> to, us to Cook. He was just throwing them up there to entice the batsmen, and they were enticed. <laughs> they were enticed. They saw the sign that said, Pie Shop, open, Mrs. Max, come and get them while they're hot. He smelt that delicious aroma of apple and cinnamon and thought to himself, Goodness me, where's the cream? Y- yeah. See you later, Steve O.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to see him bowl a couple more, but... Um, me too, me too. Oh, well.
0: But to be fair, if you bowl one over and go for 11, you're pretty tempted to pull yourself off. I was telling you before, Chris, that uh, in my most recent club game, my first over went for 15, and the skipper immediately pulled me, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know what else it shows, I reckon, is good leadership. Great leadership, yeah. Because, i tell you what. What? Because what might happen is, um, you know, one of the, one of the fast bowlers, but I, don't know, I don't know who... Just comes in and uh, bowls a few wide ones. He sure. gets a bit loose. And then uh, he comes in the dressing room at lunch break and Smithy says, listen, mate, you're going to tighten up and we're going to drag you. And then one of the fast bowlers says under his breath, bloody Smithy, he wouldn't drag himself with his buddy pie leggies. And then Smithy says, listen, mate, I'll show you. And so with an act of brave leadership. brave leadership, he goes out there, bowls a few pies, gets carted for 11 off one over and ceremoniously drags himself <laughs> theatrically drags himself in front of the
0: rest of the team <laughs> pretty much gets the hook and pulls himself off stage
1: he says listen chopping my own head was no problem so don't <laughs> think I won't chop yourself
0: I will drag you out desire uh, any other innings have mentioned there uh, not particularly Josh Hazel got three for 95 Nathan Lyon three for 109 Paddy Cummins as mentioned four for 117 so the Australians were a bit of a daunting task there. They had to make up a bit of ground and uh, and hold on really for a draw. Um, largely because um, the Melbourne weather decided to turn on the fun and absolutely rain down hell. Um, it's, the play got abandoned uh, mm-hmm. on that fourth day, leading Australia to really, the, the wind was out of our hands. Yeah. And we had to hold out, Chris.
1: Well, I thought maybe if they got sort of 200 in front with their, um you know two sessions to play, you know ha- have a sporting declaration and and have a go, and see if they could uh, nab a few wickets uh, within the chase in the game. As you say, the weather sort of intervened and it wasn't to be. Um, I think the uh, couple of, couple of really interesting in that innings. Um, you know, Bancroft looked. Okay, yeah, Chris 27 he's looked okay this series, and, yeah. I, and hopefully, he gets another opportunity. I'm sure he will. I, I don't see any sense in in, in dropping him uh, for Sydney. I don't think so. Yeah. Usman was an interesting one, kind of. Yeah,
0: what's going on with Uzi?
1: Don't know, some catch though. We didn't yeah, mention great. that,
0: great. We didn't mention that.
1: We didn't mention that. Some catch, no catch, do you think, Uzi in the outfield?
0: I think catch. Just barely. I mean, it'd be really nice if he just held that in his paws, wouldn't it? Instead yeah. of it bouncing around between his paws, his chest, his top of his bloody sternum. Who knows what was going on in there? I think it was a catch. What did you make? it? Yeah, look, I'm prepared to pay the catch too. I think um, it
1: definitely popped out, um, uh, and uh, I felt that I was, yeah, I felt that it got caught between uh, his arm and his chest um, yeah. and didn't hit the ground. Um, uh, I thought uh, the best bit of the whole thing, though, was just the absolute face plant <laughs> <laughs> that he did. You know, just dragged the snoz across the turf there. Um, it was particularly ungraceful, um, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, look. But uh, it shows his commitment, you know. True, you know, to the bit. So um, that was really good.
0: He does get accused of having a lack of commitment, was he, here and there? I mean, mate, i, I got to say, I do want a bit more from my number three. Being honest, I'd like a little bit more from a number three. I'd yeah. like a little bit more consistency, um, and he's been out of the team so many times. You know, you just think mm. that he'd be—I don't know. It, people kept saying that he lacked energy, freeze. He didn't—he definitely didn't look comfortable. Is what I'd say.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting that's in the if you compare his first and second dig. So I mean, the first innings makes 17 runs off 65 at a strike rate of 26. You know, just um, on a on a very batsman friendly sort of wicket, mm. um, and then in the second dig, playing to save the game, um, six four, um, single out. You know, <laughs> so it was uh, you know makes it eleven off fourteen. You know, it, it was it was almost almost like we needed to switch mentalities. Yeah, you know? we need you to attack in the first, but when we when we batting to save bat to save the game, um, but. Um, you know, again, it's a, a time maybe Australia Australia, if they pushed the issue, um, they might be able to, to get ahead and, and sure. forge an unlikely victory. Just playing Devil's
0: Avocado there for a minute, but... Um, uh, <laughs> is that the title of your children's books? Chris Barty and the Devil's Avocado? And the Devil's
1: Avocado, yeah, yeah. it kills you with body fat.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: other than, yeah, healthy fats. <laughs> healthy fats here to death. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, so look interesting. Look, interesting stroke choices. You know, maybe and maybe he heard the criticism maybe. Uh, and, and attempted that. So that was you know, put us at too far. Warner uh, looks good for
0: eighty six off two hundred and twenty seven. You know,
1: he Warner Smith got us through the day five, and um, you know we're batting really well and started day five looking uh, looking excellent in, in ominous form, um,
0: and then played a really strange
1: shot to Joe Root.
0: Bizarre. I'm not sure he was trying to pump him over mid off there. Yeah. And, and what was going through his head when he thought that? I mean, he was 86 off 227 balls. Like, he'd been there yeah. for a long time, yeah. especially for Davey. Um, and him and the skipper were batting very well together. I mean, it's a key Australian partnership, that. If Smith yeah. and we want to do well, we're going to win.
1: Yeah. I mean, tactically, you have to be it on that one. Yeah. Um, he uh, absolutely sold Davey the bait. He, he took it yeah you know i think uh he saw
0: the sign saying mrs max tasty pies he smelt the sweet aromas yeah maybe a peach raspberry and blueberry uh, maybe a pavlova of some kind uh and decided to uh try and see if he couldn't get a piece of that tasty taste action and little did he know It was the devil's part. It was the (laughs) devil's
1: part. It was the demon's avocado. The devil's avocado. Um, But, uh, well, look, you know, I mean, Warner and Root have a bit of history going back. Yeah,
0: I believe Davey punched him in the head.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, man, and and Root, you know, maybe being clever enough, just thought, look, I'll just throw him up a couple. Look, he's not a bad bowler, Joe Root. He's all right right for a part-timer. Plenty runs to play with. It was a perfectly set trap. And, uh, you know, so well played, Joe Root. and then that brought Sean Marsh. the copped a, a pretty decent uh, ball from a, a newly informed Stuart Broad. Yeah. You know, a, a, a rejuvenated Stuart Broad. Uh, um, a whole new broad. broad.
0: A new fantastic point of view. <laughs> a, whole, a whole new Broad. Um, yeah. No, look, he, he copped a decent ball. Um, the full version of a whole new Broad will be available on our next podcast. Uh, <laughs> Chris and Pat do the musical numbers of your child. <laughs> Uh, even I'm
1: not tuning into
0: that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did get a cracker of a ball. Sorry, mate. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. No,
1: Jaffa. Yeah, no. Um, uh, now I'm thinking about The Lion King. Bloody hell, Pat.
0: Um, this is the story about pod, God, God. Um The Lion King. What an incredible yeah, film. What a, Look, yeah, yeah Sauce yeah. got a good one and it brought Mitch to the crease. And it's important to say that Skipper Steve Smith was sort of in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s when that happened um, mm. and was really hanging around. And needed something with him. And Mitchell Mush did exactly that. Mm. So, if you remember back to the last pod, Chris, I said that what I wanted to see from Mitch was him to be able to hold out and make sure that we saw the day through to a draw. Mm. And he did that. Um, and I was very, very impressed. He eat high price on his wicket. Mm. He put away his natural inclination, especially when Moeen Ali was, was sending down some cinnamon-encrusted pies mm-hmm. in his general direction. Um, and he got 29 of 166 with three fours, which is the opposite of what he normally plays. I thought it was Jeffrey Boycott at the crease. Right. Um, was, was how unattacking he was, Chris. And yeah. Were you pleased to see it? Oh, thrilled. Yeah, I thought
1: it was brilliant. Um, you know, day five... Um, you know, reasonably uh, uneventful game, you know, drawing to an, an inevitable conclusion. Mm. Um, but there was still one really intriguing story to play out. Um, and, um, you know, that is this, this tale of the evolving Mitch March. Um, you know, we know that he can score, you know, 40 runs off 30 balls. It's, it's still not a problem for him. It's not a drama. Um, you know, and, and even after making 181 um, at the WACA, everyone sort of said, oh, well, you know, it's with an asterisk. It's with an asterisk. Uh, well, far as I'm concerned. So, you know, that's, that's 166 deliveries at a strike rate of 17. Wow. Um, you know, and, uh, it's funny. I, I was sitting at home just cheering every single block. <laughs> I was like, get Scotty Cam out here. Get rid of that buddy Renault show you do, mate. Just, this is a series of the block that people want to watch. <laughs> you know, this is it. This is what people need. Um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And, um, I, I was, I was wrapped for him. I thought,
0: and if he can do those two roles, if he can hold it up when we need it held up, and when we can go on the attack and score lower order big runs, mm. I mean, that's exactly what we need from number six. Mm. He's currently averaging 40 with the ball and about 27 with the bat. Mm. And if he can swap those two... That's right. That'd be ideal.
1: Yeah, and look, that'll happen with time. Um, certainly, you know, uh, getting uh, getting 20 is going to help his average, now, you know, Okay, at least a little bit. So the more you carry the bat the better off you're gonna be.
0: Uh so we ended up seeing it out for a draw there. Australia were four for two, six, three. Jimmy Anderson got one, Broad got one, Chris Wokes got one. We haven't really talked about Wokes this pod, Chris. I thought he did okay. Mm. He's not really setting the world on fire, Woakesy, but he's not really doing anything to to get himself in the crosshairs. He's yep. sort of chipping along. I do like young Tom Curran. Yep. I'd like to see him bowl about ten yep. case um yeah. I think he's got a strong salad, CTB. Sure. I think the, um, the salad work on the, uh, on the old head there, the hair styling, is top shelf. Yeah. Um, arguably the best haircut in the English team. Yeah. Um, and, I, and for a young bloke, I think he did well. Great. Yeah. No,
1: I, I look, I, I thought he added some much needed uh, energy and enthusiasm to the team. Um, yeah, he was clearly absolutely wrapped to play on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, he's got a bit of swagger about him. He does. Um, which I like. Um, and do uh, you, know, you need that the team that's uh, maybe dragging their heels a little bit but again interesting to see what, what their team selection uh, situation will be in Sydney, you know, will they um, you know, give a few of the young blokes a run having
0: seen the success of Tom Current? Well I mean I think Chris I really do believe that Mason Crane has got to come in, if we recall back to the first step of the pod CTB I've been calling for Mason Crane since day dot, I think in australia a leg spinner a talented young he can go really well yep. and he might bowl a few long hops and he might get belted into next month but he may take a few wickets especially on turning a turning scg pitch mm-hmm. i don't think moan Alley's doing anybody any good at the moment i don't think moan Alley's doing himself any good mm. i think he needs a beer and a sit down is what i reckon
1: yeah oh, tough one isn't it um or the uh, equivalent i think uh, firstly on mason crane uh, you know, uh, I read Michael Vaughan sort of said, look, I initially didn't agree with his selection in the squad in the first place. Um, but if you're going to bring him, you got to play him. Yeah. You know, and this is the game to play him, you know. Um, and I kind of agree with that. I think if, that, if this is the guy you've picked as the heir apparent to be your number one spinner, back him in. Have a go. Um, and, and see what happens. He might go to the tonk. Um, but that's that's what spinners do, you know. They, sometimes they go for some runs. But... Yeah, you know, as we saw with uh, Jason Crazier a few years ago. You know, um, went for many runs. Many runs. Maybe a few too many Maybe runs. a couple too many. But gee we turn on a buddy dime and yeah. took some wickets. We're at a time when we needed wickets taken. So um actually I'll tell you what, if you ever need a good five minutes of entertainment, it's oh, yeah. just YouTube Jason Crazier, wickets. Oh really? Uh, it's great. You just forget how far you um but uh, yeah, look I think so I think you've got to play Mason Crane. Um, on the issue of, uh, of Moen Alley, uh, Johnny Bairstow came out today and sort of said, look, the talent of Moen Alley undeniable mm. and, you know, he is, um, I think it was something like the fastest to 2,000 test runs and the, fa- the second fastest to 100 wickets or something like that, you know. Um, so, he's, he's arguably one of England's, you know, statistically speaking, one of England's best ever. And Johnny Bairstow said... That's our guy. Like, you can't argue on the basis of that that he's not in our best 11. Um, and I think the psychology of Moan Ali is an interesting one because um, he, uh, England don't employ a full-time spin bowling coach. So, really? Um, yeah, they have a, they have a, um, uh, I, don't th- I don't know if it's Sakhalin Mushtaq from Pakistan, might be, I might be getting that wrong, but he's been brought in as a consultant. He was with Moen for the first couple of uh, you know early early doors of the tour, sure. but then um, he's pretty much you know not been supported uh, during that period of time. And Moen Ali was never England's nice spinner. Like he didn't want to be. Yeah. You know he wanted to be a batsman who um, could bold spin bit. bold bit, right? Yeah. Um, uh, didn't want to be, but because he had, he was almost the victim of his own success. Sure. And now he's been kind of thrust into this limelight of being the number one test spinner, but isn't getting the support that you, that you would expect your number one test spinner to get. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Particularly if you know he's a guy who doesn't necessarily want to be there in the first place or be playing that role. Um, and, you know, professional sporting teams like that will have 15, 20 people in administrative and coaching staff. Mm. I don't think the ECB is short of a quid. And I don't think they're doing him favours by not having full-time support there for him. Particularly if he's a confidence player and he's down on confidence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I think they've, I think he's been short a little bit. Um, I understand there's a lot of people calling for his head and all that kind of thing. Um, I definitely reckon play two spinners. Because, if you're, if you're England. I would say, no, no, no. We're going to back... Moeen in, he's our guy, if we believe he's in the best 11, as, he, as we have believed that for the first four tests, um, you know, people were calling for Alistair Cook's head before the MCG, t- his career was done, he's over, it's came up. Well, he's just scored 244 not out and given himself another two years contract, you know. So, give Moeen little test match, play a second spinner, um, and maybe see what else is happening in the middle order. I don't know, that's just me, you know, I, I think it's uh, might be worth a look. Uh, play Moeen where he wants to be played, where he feels comfortable and see what happens. The worrying thing for me was more so um that Joe Root we did have over Milan ballot. yeah uh Bold sorry Bold um uh the worrying thing for me was if this is a guy that you've picked as your number one spinner
0: yeah Mo and Ali Mo and
1: Ali you're not even going to throw him the rock you're trying the game and you're not even going to throw your number one spinner the rock I understand trying a few part timers yeah but uh that's not going to not gonna fill him up. You know, it's not going to fill his boots up and, and, and pump him up
0: and make him feel confident. Yeah, so, you're right. It's going to make him go, they're going to bowl mine over me. Yeah. I'm bowling tasty pies.
1: Yeah. So I would almost go, I understand why everyone's calling for his head. Everyone reckons he needs to have a, have a time out and a sit down and all that kind of thing. I'd almost go complete other direction. Get around him. If he's your number, if, if, if he's your number spinning around him, get around him, fill his boots up. Give him whatever he needs. Um, and... Go, look. we're going to play where you want to play it's a dead rubber and we're going to bring in a spinner we're going to bring in a future first choice spinner so you don't have to be that anymore what you can be is you are a batsman
0: who bowls with so throw him the new ball Chris just hand him the new rock oh hell why not like, give him the new give him the new rock Try in SCG, stuff. and see if he doesn't bloody turn a couple I mean mate, I think that's a really positive point of view I, I think that like, I had a very different opinion to that 10 minutes ago but you've greatly convinced me there uh, and I think that's, that's a really nice way to go for Moeen. Uh, he's obviously having a really tough time. And let's be bloody honest. Like, bowling off-spin in a, a really tough gig. Mm. It is a really tough gig. These are not pitches that, that go well for off-spinners. Murali hardly took any wickets here. The only, the only spinners who have done well are guys like Dan Vittori, mm. who bowled darts. We've mm-hmm. been um, I to mean, keep people under pressure mm-hmm. and wait for a batsman to do poorly, mm-hmm. a, as off spinners. as that is.
1: But even even guys like Dan Vittori, um, uh, Ashley Giles, both finger-spinners, you know, their bowling averages so um, were in the low 30s, you know, um, so they weren't, you know, they they weren't necessarily as you say, you know, potent, um, sure. spin, you know, they would then turn them, turn and on a dime. Um, uh, you know they. I don't know. They, I feel like they have maybe had more of a defined role. I guess.
0: Yeah. You know. And maybe it's a thing for Mo, mate, that he doesn't know what his role is in the side. He doesn't know what he's there to do. Is mm. he there to hold up an end? Is he there to take wickets? What's What's the vibe? And I think some clarification around that yeah. might help him
1: out. And I don't. It's a funny one, is it? Because it's just. Um,
0: it's just such a weird batting order to me. It's so strange. It's just a weird batting work. Especially with Ben Stokes in the mix. Yeah. It's like they're playing three all-rounders. Yeah, It's it's uh, a bunch
1: of bit... Pa- well, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. It, there's a bunch of uh, guys who can do a bit of everything. Yeah. I, I guess you've got a, a, a lot of jack-of-all-trades Yes, in, in that team. Um, got to do things really well. And, you know, that's the the kind of the flint-off thing, you know. Yeah. Um, And and maybe they've just tried to emulate a bunch of things. But, um, you know, for me, I think maybe a few more specialists in there. Because they're not making... Aside from this innings where Alice Cook did amazingly well, um, you know, they're not making enough runs. Yeah. But, lo and behold, the best innings of the series from an English perspective was from a specialist batsman. So, maybe what you need in your top six is some more specialist batsmen and play one all-rounder. And if that's Moen on a spinning deck, it's Moen on a spinning deck. And if you say to Moen, "Look, mate, we're going to play you've got to be the best six batsman, one of the best six batsmen in the country, or you're not going to get in." Mm-hmm. At least then you've got some clear parameters and some clear KPIs. I think that's really important. And look, obviously we're not on the inside of the England team. we do not know what's going yet, on. Chris.
0: Not yet. But Joe Root, as we've mentioned, found the pot. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> he loves the pot.
1: Yeah, and I'd bigged him up. So get on board. Um, but uh, we can we can uh, we can presuppose and activate and all these
0: sorts of things. Well, That's our role, CTB, as as the podcasters that we are, mate. On top of that, it's going to be interesting to England go, and we'll have to have to hang out to see how that team selection goes. It might be the kind of thing where we don't know until the very day. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Joe went about it that way. Um, in terms of the Aussie lineup. I think it's highly likely, given that they have selected Ash for the next test, that we'll see him and Nathan Lyon working as a duo. Mm. I think the Aussie selectors are very keen to get Agar in mm. and to get him comfortable around the group, mm-hmm. um, especially looking to India, Pakistan, you know, in future tours, mm-hmm. how we're going to go over there, and maybe even as an heir apparent to Lino. Mm. Um, Sock, as brilliant as Sock is, um, A, he's a bit of a fiery, fiery young man yeah. um, at the age of 32. And probably B isn't a great option looking ahead a lot. He's mm. probably got a couple, four or five years, maybe at max, Steve O'Keefe, if he stays fit. So mm. I can see why they're going for Ash. Mm. Um, also, Agar's ability with the bat is undeniable. Mm. Um, so his lower order runs can be very handy. So I would be pretty surprised to see if they didn't, I'd just be pretty surprised that they didn't swap a Jackson Bird for Ashton Agar. Mm. Um, and again, I feel really sorry for the J Bird. Mm. Like, mm. I, again, I don't think he bowled badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Aussie, he's not the guy that we need to replace, Mitchell Stark. Mm. We need someone with a bit more real pace to do that. He could replace Joshie Hazelwood, but I think if Mitchell Marsh is in the team, it, it kind of makes his role a bit more redundant. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Agar come in. What i say is that Jackson Bird, in the next Ashes series, uh, mm. if he's still knocking around, he could be a very, very dangerous bowler in England. Mm-hmm. The way that he bowls, the lengths that he bowls, the amount that he moves the ball either way, mm-hmm. the big bird could be damaging in the UK. Yeah. Um, but I think that in Australia, it's just problematic not having that role. It's the velocity. You know, the Buffer's been talking about it for a long time, but mm-hmm. the difference between our bowling attack and theirs has been that five days of pace. Mm-hmm. And without that, we looked a lot more pedestrian. So I think they're going to change it up. I think Agar is going to come in for Sydney.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting prediction there. I think it depends on the wicket. Um, you know, Sydney has the myth of a of a spin friendly deck, um, and uh, I, that's what I like to see. I like to see pitches kind of play of their character. But you know, there may very well be a bit of grass on top, and that's you know uh, I think what a lot of discussion has been around at the moment is that uh, the SCG wicket, you know, can be a bit of a lottery as to what's going to turn up. So, well, I think we'll wait and see. Um, uh Hagar's a great pick from mine. I like I like it a lot. Um, um he holds the I think he still holds a record for the highest score from a by a number eleven bat you know, with a ninety eight he made in the in the last English Ashes series. Which is a bit of a misnomer because um at times I think he's bad in the middle order for Western Australia, you know. Yeah. So um that's really you know, that's really handy. And of course the last guy to come into the Australian team is a specialist spinner. And end up batting in the middle order with Steve Smith. So oh, well, yeah, it works out pretty well. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we've got two of those. Um, I think the was a great choice. Um, you know, you've got a couple of other uh, um, young spinners, you know, floating around in, uh, in Swepson and um, Boyce, and you know, as I mentioned before on the pod, uh, John Holland's been
0: bowling really well. Johnny Holland came out in the news and said that as far as he is concerned, the Australian selectors consider him to be dead to them. Uh, right. He reckons that he's he's got he's n- completely out of the frame. I feel a bit sorry for Johnny Holland. Yeah. Um. A good spinner. He is good spinner. He's good spinner, but it looks like they prefer Agar over him every time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, again in this in this era of un of the unicorns, you know, we talked about the unicorns before. The unicorn. They they love uh they love a player they can do a bit of, bit of everything, and uh, you know. Interesting that we're talking about Moe Ali's troubles, a spinner yeah. who, a batsman who spins or a spinner who bats, and uh, here we are talking about Nagar, a similar sort of player um, in that regard, um, who might come in to, to the team. The so, up, yeah. Um, again, I think uh, look a great, a great selection because in this sense he is so clearly the second spinner. Yeah. You know, um, and he'll
0: know his role, and he know what he's supposed to do, and it's good for Ash, even if he doesn't play, just to be in and around the side yeah. is a good spot for him. He's still a young man, and there's yeah. no doubt he's going to get quite a lot of caps yeah. for Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. See, to be in terms of our last predictions for this test, mm-hmm. I think you picked Uzi Kawaja. Mm-hmm. Did you not? It didn't go so great for no. you. Um, I picked Davy Warner. Mm-hmm. which went better for me this mm-hmm. time, still didn't get the most runs. So I'm still probably classing that as a fail. Mm-hmm. I think if either of us had picked Alice their cook to make 244, no. we would have been prophetic, Chris. Yeah. I think we could have um, you know, sold this pod worldwide. That's right. I think the people would have come a, come a, come flocking. been like, They are like that. that you remember that um, in the Footballer Cup, how there was that octopus that's yes. the, <laughs> that successfully predicted all of yes. your matches?
1: I've always said you'd look better with six more arms, but- <laughs>
0: I've always said that. I think my uh, club cricket captain probably thinks the same. Uh, yep. Then I might actually take a grab. So, that nice. Uh, yeah, so I picked that and we both picked the Aussies to win. It was a draw. So, yeah. we were we, we kind of did that front. But I'm going to push you now, mates. Uh, heading to Sydney, give me... Who do you think is going to make the runs, CTB? Who do you think is going to take the most wickets? And who do you think is going to win, if there is a winner?
1: Ooh. Uh, well, uh, I think most runs I, I like I like Warner on his home deck. Mm. I like Warner on his home deck. Taking uh, my go-to selection. I think that'll be uh yeah, tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. I like I like Davey on his uh, on his home deck, you know. He's a bit of a showman. So I uh, hope they will see some. He loves forward.
0: the SCG too.
1: Loves the SCG. Uh, in terms of most wickets, look interesting one, but I for me, I'm going to back Nathan Lyon to shine. Uh, which, you know, if we're saying that uh, Australia's going to make the most runs and Australia's going to take the most wickets, stands to logic then, then England will win? No. no. Uh, <laughs> um, I was so
0: confused yeah. for a moment.
1: They're stuffed. Um, no, no, it's a little bit of Australian victory. 4 0.
0: Australian victory 4 0. Um, Gary Lyon for the wickets. Yeah. And Davey Warner for the runs. Yeah. I like it. Um, uh, I reckon and Stephen Smith for the runs mm-hmm. uh, because I haven't picked him once this series and I'm just going to pick him now uh, because <laughs> it's logical <laughs> it's logical <laughs> I haven't jinxed him but I, I think I'm pretty prepared to back him he's made runs every bloody innings so far and I think he's, he's the guy um, Stephen Smith to make the runs who's going to take the wickets um, I'm going to back in Paddy Cummins Cummins yep Express pace swings it around, causes trouble. Has been taking wickets pretty consistently across the uh across the whole series to date without really taking a bag. Yeah. So and he's definitely going to play. Yeah. The thing. True, so, true. I True. Uh, <laughs> that helps. That does help. Um, it's hard to bet on the English side until we know um what the makeup of that side is going to be. So that's going to be my bet, mate. I wouldn't be surprised if Young James Vince made some runs. Um, I think Vince has been looking really mm-hmm. good for, you, for the, for the palms, um, so I'm going be surprised about that. I don't know if Alistair Cook's going to be able to back it up um, two weeks in a row. If he manages to do that, i will be very impressed. Uh, suffice to say, that's my... I'm going to go for Steve Smith, Paddy Cummins, and I'm going to say the Aussies will win it, and I'm going to go with you to say 4-0. I would like to point out this moment that I was uh, pretty convinced there was going to be 5-0, and I'm going to go consume some of my humble apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. As long as I bowl at anybody. Well, <laughs> I can't promise that until uh, my next club game, Chris. But I will try. Uh, speaking of tasty pies, let's hear from our UK correspondent Tom K Hawkey for a, what I expect a pretty surprised version of bulletin from a Brit. <laughs>
2: Tom gay here with a slightly, but only slightly, happier bulletin from a Brit. Having your birthday on Christmas Day must be awful as a kid. Your parents will try to make you feel like it's your special day too, but in reality you're shunted to the sidelines whilst everyone stuffs their face with turkey. Alistair Cook took that opportunity to quietly have a word with himself over his Christmas dinner. I've just turned 33, he said, and I'm not done scoring runs yet. And so he came out at the MCG and struck a glorious double ton, carrying his bat for the first time and silencing all of his critics, myself included. It wasn't as faultless as Smith's performances so far, but it was a beautiful innings that reaffirmed just how classy Cook can be. England avoiding the whitewash nearly feels like a victory, but in reality, this was a tale of a lifeless pitch and who could profit most from it. Had there been a sixth day, Steve Smith would have probably scored 400 not out we just don't have an answer to him. With Broad and Cook regaining their form and Root still chipping in the runs, sure, he's not converting, but I'll still take his 50s. Moen Ali is the final piece of the puzzle, only it feels like he's a piece from a different puzzle that's found its way into the wrong box. He's usually in the team as a frontline spinner who loves to swing the bat. As he's currently doing neither, it's time to give him a rest and get Mason Crane in, Although, with Captain Joe Root taking his 17th test wicket, the England selectors might call him an all-rounder and claim they've solved their spin woes. It would be nice to see England roll the dice a little in Sydney and give Crane his chance. Our next series is in New Zealand in March. By then, Ben Stokes might have tunnelled out of jail to bolster the team. However, that isn't guaranteed, and it would be good to try a few new options out ready to rebuild the team for the future. Finally, ball tampering gate was farcical, given that Anderson was fiddling with the shiny side of the ball. If he was going to cheat, I reckon Jimmy would A, be a bit more surreptitious about it, and B, would have the brains to tamper the right side of the ball. I fear that Sydney will prove to be another unhappy hunting ground for England, and that Nathan Lyon will once again wreak havoc with England's batsmen. If Australia opt for two spinners, this might all be over very, very quickly.
0: Thanks as always to our wonderful British Correspondent from K. Hawkey, CTB, that is a wrap. One more test to go, sir. How are you feeling? Where oh, are you
1: at? I feel like, uh, you know that uh, that feeling you used to get when it was like Sunday night and you knew you were going to have to go back to school the next day and you're yeah. like, uh, I don't want to go. That's how I feel because I love cricket. I, I hadn't mean, noticed. Really? I love test <laughs> match cricket. And there's only one game to go. Yeah. I'm hoping it goes five days. I yeah. hope it's a ding-dong battle. I am looking forward to it. The McGrath test, the Sydney test. It's yep. always good. Hope the rain stays away. Uh, and uh, really just get the last bit of juice out of this orange.
0: Mate, I'm flying back to Sydney on the 5th. Um, so I'm hoping to get to a day or two. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to report back on the pod from the vibe, the atmosphere. I might even get Whoa. some live audio. It's like down there. Could we be so lucky? uh mate thanks for hosting me at your lovely home it was lovely to see you in the flesh and we will be back with another pod uh at the end of uh the next test so stay tuned for that uh, thank yous this week uh thank you to chris for having me at the lovely home looking there after you. us what a legend uh thanks to our british correspondent tom k hawkey uh thanks to claire harford who did some research for me in the drive on the way up nice. this afternoon yeah had a research assistant I always knew we'd get one uh and uh thanks to everyone who's listened to the pod to date Everyone who's worked on it, I really appreciate it. And keep spreading the word, folks. Find us on Facebook, like the page. Um, Chris has been posting a lot on the Instagram. Tell through his Instagram, find that photo with Joe Root, share it with your friends. Uh, (laughs) And see if we can't spread the word, folks. We don't pay to advertise this show. We don't do anything of that. So it's all about word of mouth. So thank you all for listening so much. And we will see you after the next test.